Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hot Dogs and Handshakes podcast, where we have enough hot dogs and handshakes to warm your heart, but never enough to pay the rent. As always, I'm your host, Adam Soto, and I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. As always, you know, it means a lot to us for all your continued support, or if you're a first-time listener, thank you guys so much for allowing us the opportunity to entertain you. So this week brings us a very interesting guest, a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Dare I say controversial guest. Aha, aha. I love puns. Anyways, uh, I want to go ahead and let you guys know that um, this week I introduced the one and only, the sixth sense of controversial ink. She is La Brava, a good friend of mine, Sam Espinosa. And, you know, Sam is uh, somebody who's blazing a trail along with controversial ink uh, through a bunch of different companies. And, you know, you'll hear about that in this interview. But, you know, we had a really good conversation about, you know, how she started wrestling and how she kind of had some dark times that led her to take a bit of a hiatus and, you know, not take herself as a priority in, in the company or in the business, excuse me. And, you know, how it led to her coming back with a lot more passion, a lot more fire and, you know, kind of really never looking back since then, you know, really with headstrong moving forward, you know, really making a name for herself. So, you know, I'll go ahead and leave off my rambling. I want to go ahead and leave you guys to the episode so that way you can turn into the sixth sense of controversial ink, La Brava, the one and only Sam Espinosa. All right, everybody. So I'm here with the sixth sense of controversial ink, La Colombiana de Colombia, representing Colombia, <laughs> the one and only La Brava. Sam, how are you doing? <laughs> we actually got it right this time That's we awesome. got it right <laughs> tired beat i just finished working acw it was, it was cool i went against catalina perez and uh now i'm home about to drink some coffee at uh what time at 11 52 <laughs> at night <laughs> too late to be drinking coffee uh oh, villains never sleep so it's fine oh, that's true so I, real quick, I just uh, I had to I got to cut touch base with the the little inside joke we had there. So for those who don't speak Spanish, I just introduced her as the Colombian from Colombia, representing Colombia, because at the NGCW show uh, back in June, as you decide as you go to make your entrance, the ring announcer decided to announce La you Colombiana as, de Colombia. La Colombiana de Colombia. And representing Colombia. Representando Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was so hard for me to just keep a straight face as I was walking in the ring. I literally just like. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's got. It's got to be hard too because it's like it, it not only is it like. It, it just catches you completely off guard because you're going out there, you're trying to keep the character serious, and then you hear something like that, you're just like. Son of a bitch. So you're just like, really? Really? <laughs> my my character, she's like really she's like the the authority figure, you know, she's very serious, yeah. she's always down to business, but like with that kind of stuff, as soon as that was said, I was like oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Wait, are we allowed to curse on this podcast? Crap, yes. I should have said in the beginning. Yeah, okay. you're good. You're good. Okay, awesome. So uh let's go ahead, <laughs> let's go way back. I always start in the beginning. Uh so right. where where'd you grow up? I grew up in Miami, Florida. Uh, I was born and raised over there. Um, it was like around when I was like 12, 13 that I moved over to the Tampa Bay area. Been here ever since, but Miami still Miami still holds a place in my heart. Miami's always going to be there and, you know, Miami through and through. Sure. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I always like to ask where 
people come from because I feel like there's, you know, not only personality differences of people, but regional differences make a big yeah. difference in not only in people's day-to-day character, but in, you know, wrestling life too, because you have different influences and different stuff you might have been watching. Oh, yeah, uh, Different territories, especially. Mm-hmm. So when it came to early life, like, did you... Were you active in like sports? Did you do any like <laughs> extracurricular stuff or were you just like Okay, so I grew up a very lazy couch potato growing up and uh, the only sport I ever did was uh professional swimming. Uh right when I was like around 9, 10 years old around that time, I think. Um I was like one of the best in my swim team and um there was this one competition that I had done where this jabroni ended up not bringing her freaking goggles over to the competition so i was dumb enough to actually lend her my goggles being the nice person that uh, i am and it's was, all down and uh, i lost the race that day so they bumped me back to level one and i quit <laughs> <laughs> i quit because i i couldn't face my coach afterwards and, and be like hey i did a really dumb decision by helping like putting yeah. another person over so nice <laughs> Jeez. So, so the one time you decided to be nice, it, it kind it of backfired on me. So now it's, it's, isn't that what usually it. happens. You're nice to people, and it usually backfires on you. I, I don't. I mean, I try to believe in good karma, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I tried. Right. So you know, you were kind of active when it came to the swimming stuff because swimming is something that it you know people do athletes even do in their off season to help stay in shape so it was something that was full body workout you know kept you relatively decent shape i'm sure so were you you know watching wrestling early on or were you kind of like a late bloomer when it came to watching wrestling no i started watching wrestling when i was like about four the first uh memory that i have of wrestling actually was a montreal screw job and um that was the earliest memory that I have of wrestling. But the one thing, and uh, Zeb, if you're tuning into this, uh, kind of going to give the same answer that Zeb did. But um, Chris Jericho, when he debuted on Raw and cut that promo against The Rock, that, oof, like even to this day, that like arguably one of the best debuts in w- like WWE, WWF history. Like, yeah. But then again, I'm biased because Chris Jericho is my favorite professional wrestler of all time. Like, that's sure, the sure. GOAT. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just... grew up around wrestling. Uh, my dad was the one that actually originally uh, the one that introduced me to wrestling. Um, like whenever we were in the pool, like just having some family time and everything, my dad would always like tombstone me into the pool, like power bomb me. And <laughs> yeah, stuff. yeah. And like he he always was like, oh, my gosh, I hope that you become a professional wrestler one day. So it was my dad that really like instilled it to me. But I always had a lot of doubt, like, ever becoming a professional wrestler because um, looking back at how I used to look like, I was not exactly the most fit person. Like I said, the only thing that I ever did was swimming for maybe, like, two, three years. And then I did softball practice for the season, but I got kicked off the team because I had a low GPA and my conduct mm. was terrible. So Wonderful. <laughs> so um, wrestling was something that I always gravitated to and, like, uh, if, if it wasn't for wrestling, I seriously don't know where I would be today. I mean, I even got a turnbuckle tattoo on my on my left wrist, have you, as you've seen on plenty of occasions. So I I respect the sport. Yeah. I, if it wasn't for the sport, I legitimately would not be alive right now. I yeah. Let's let's just put it that way. 
yeah i i think it's it's something that like um you have to have a passion for like when you're young because that's i was talking to i think it was when i was talking to deandre last week or whenever it is this episode comes out when i was yeah. talking to deandre for our episode i was talking to him and i was like i realized when i was talking to all my guests like everybody's been watching wrestling since they were like four years old and i, I didn't start watching wrestling until i was like 11 like i was like oh. late yeah because for me uh, I didn't even know what wrestling was until my cousin was like, hey, I have a, a ticket for WrestleMania 24. You want to come? And I was like, yes. Hell yeah, my, brother. Yeah, but then my mom was like, uh, no, you're too young to be watching that kind of stuff. I had those kind of parents. <laughs> and I, was younger, so I was like, oh, great. And then so then at that time, I was just like, what even is WrestleMania? And then I went and watched wrestling and I was just like, fell in love with it from then on. Yeah. So it was you know, it's something that you got to have a love for early on. So I think the fact that you took it, the passion so serious to get a tattoo of it, even it's like, you know, it definitely tells that you care about the business because there's I mean, a lot of people that some people might call it cliche in all honesty, but people can think whatever they want. At the end of the day, it's a sport that I will forever love. Um, I'm in a very faithful relationship with wrestling right now, and nothing's going to turn me away from it. It doesn't matter what happens if heaven forbid that something ever happened. And like, um, like I just stopped breathing in the middle of a match. I at least died doing what I love. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I had to, if I had to go out one way or another, it would definitely have to be through wrestling. Like that's yeah. Like no argument there. But yeah, yeah, you have to have a passion for it. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, and I think not only does the passion carry over from like your actual love from watching wrestling, but to you actually wanting to be a wrestler for somebody, uh, for a female, I think from when you were watching wrestling, your female influences weren't exactly strong to actually want to be a wrestler because that's when broad panty matches were a thing and pigsty matches were a thing and like Santa's little helper stuff was big. So it's like, it's like, you know, you don't have people like now where you're seeing Charlotte you know, Bailey, Becky Lynch, you know, tearing it up on a weekly basis. Yeah. So, you know, how did you view wrestling? You know, did you really just gravitate towards the men's wrestling or did you just, you know, what was about it? Because I, like I said, it's had to be hard to pull from something that was kind of degrading in, you know, in a sense. Um, I, I had a little bit of doubt when I first started, cause I didn't want to be involved in no bra and panties match. I didn't want to be involved in no, like, let's go ahead and swim in mud together guys. And let's yeah. look like total crap together. No, like I always got, like, I always watched the matches like with Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, you know, growing up, especially, especially Chris Jericho. Cause that guy, he adapts to every single style. He could mm -hmm. do Lucha style. He could do technical grapple. That guy has like, like literally if there's like a, a complete package, it would have to be Jericho. Um, but I gravitated more towards like the men's division and everything. And like, you can ask, female workers that i've worked in i'm not afraid to take a hit like mm -hmm. if, if you like if you clock me with something i mean this <laughs> this isn't ballet man this is professional wrestling like uh -huh. it, it's gonna happen you know and i'm i would rather something look good than something look completely like chicken you know chicken scrap you know like, yeah um the men always seem to you know they just laid their stuff in and that's not taking anything away from the women but it's just at the time when I was watching it, it was just more so like it, when the women's division was very sexualized and mm -hmm. they couldn't take the women's division very seriously because it's like, oh, look at that. She's wearing a crop top and I see some cleavage like you guys act like you guys have never seen cleavage in your life. You literally see it on a day by day basis when you're walking around. So like, yeah. it's you know, it, it was tough. 
and it was it wasn't the easiest transgression for me to finally make the decision to actually jump into the professional wrestling pool yeah. but here i am and it's honestly you know it's i'm barely getting my feet wet and so far i'm i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying this wave yeah definitely because the like god i think about like you would think like when the women had a good match like back then it was like hair pulling cat like oh, cat fighting man. slaps and like rolling around That's wearing terrible. like next to nothing so it was just like terrible but then like i think about like great women's matches now and you have like the biggest example for me of a great women's match was bailey and sasha from nxt takeover uh when they had the nxt women's title match that was like insane to see like it was better than any other the men's matches you know everything like that so then I, that's another thing i think that it's kind of hard to again pull from the women's wrestling from then because it was like i said you know cat fights and slapping or you can get power bombs and and you know big boots and lariats and you know all this awesome stuff from the men's wrestling so it's kind of yeah. you know it, it was a, a men's sport back then you know big air quotes around that so it's like it's that change is you know it's evolving a lot now to allow women to actually hold that spotlight which is why i think it was so awesome that they had main event at wrestlemania uh you know this past wrestlemania 30 god what 34 i lost count man <laughs> i'm not even gonna pretend to know i lost count wrestlemania whatever in new york yeah. you know becky lynch charlotte and ronda rousey main eventing you know yes. it speaks volumes to how far wrestling has come in, in that sense yeah, we were, um, I actually ended up taking a road trip over to New York because we were booked at a, at some shows over in the, the New York area, and the New Jersey area, and uh, we were actually watching WrestleMania at a bar, and uh, we saw that match, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of cool to see the girls actually main event WrestleMania, like, like, yeah. as, as a woman myself, I, it, it made me, it made me feel like, like, it's it's crazy. Like a huge company like WWE actually put faith in these three women to go ahead and actually finish WrestleMania like that. And WrestleMania isn't some show that you're like, oh, we can see it again this next year. No, this is like literally like the Super Bowl of wrestling. Yep. Like you don't want to miss out on this, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, oh my god, for everybody that's listening, take a shot every single time I say you know. You'll probably get drunk <laughs> by the end of this podcast. Jesus Christ! Uh, they'll, they'll 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 be drunk in the first ten minutes because I do the same thing. So don't. <laughs> so <laughs> no. Nah, nah. So um, you know, I, we'll get to the New York trip later because I want to talk more about that uh, when we get oh, there. So perfect. let's go. Let's go more towards the beginning. When did you actually, you know, make the decision that you wanted to be a professional wrestler? Actually, pursue. I think, I think it's always something that's been. Um, like kind of like resonated in me, but I never took the initial jump. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I actually started back in 2014 and I can tell you the exact date, January 24th, 2014. I started at a company called DWI and it was actually at the Riverview flea market. Um, my front door neighbor at the time, he was telling me, Hey, I found this like really cool wrestling school. And like, uh, they want uh, women over here. They don't have a lot of girls. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And I told my dad about it. And my dad's like, go ahead and check it out. See what's going on. And at the time, yeah. of course, um, I was a little bit younger than what I am now. Um, <laughs> and my mom did not want me to go there by myself. So my mom tagged along. And I met my uh, first trainer, Frank Reyes. Shout out to Frank Reyes because he was the one that introduced me to this uh, 
to introduce me to the basics and uh, pretty much took off from there. Um, it was it was crazy. It, it, you would think, and I think you actually talked to Zev about this. A lot of people when they they first start training or when they step into like the first day, they expect like a really nice fancy building, yep. lots of AC, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. professional looking desks. It's like a, you know, kind of like a, a like a lobby. Mm-hmm. Or any they're they're expecting like a formal academy. This is, is it, the it performance is. center, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there was no AC whatsoever in this flea market. Um, uh, the bathrooms looks like you could catch an STD from it, and like <laughs> it, it, like even just using the bathroom was a nightmare. But I mean, we I went in there, and there were two other individuals that started that same day with me, and literally the first day that we got there, it wasn't just shaking hands, it wasn't just looking at the posters, all the memorabilia. No, Frank Reyes said, "You guys are gonna build a ring today." And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, cool. All right, should be no problem. That was a challenge because, again, I was super unfit and maybe like about 60 pounds heavier than what I am right now because I was uh. super, super overweight back then. I could not lift up anything. I felt so out of place <laughs> going in there. And then by the time that we were done, mind you, there was only four of us mm-hmm. that were building the ring. And you know that usually if you want to get things done in a timely manner, you need quite a handful of people. Oh, yeah. So it was only like four of us. So it took us a while, especially since it was our first day. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, um, you know, he was just explaining who he was, uh, kind of like basically telling us his resume. And then he's like, your first lesson of the day starts now. And I'm like, oh, crap. And then he says, take a bump. <laughs> so... To anybody that wants to become a professional wrestler, please, please heed my warning because I got a concussion out of it. Tuck your chin. Please tuck in your chin. And it didn't... Okay, I learned how to bump the right way after (laughs) maybe like two months of not getting it because I was a very late bloomer in developing like proper bumping skills and all that Mm. jazz. Tony Storm who is a wonderful, wonderful wrestler. And he's one of the individuals that actually helped me in my training process back then. And Mason Price, um, I believe he also, he retired, but Mason, if you ever listen to this, here's a shout out to you, bud. Um, one of them grabbed me by the ankle. The other one grabbed me by right wrist. It literally lifted me up and like slammed me down. So I could get used to the feeling of bumping and actually yeah. learning how to tuck in my chin. That's mm. how I learned how to bump. Because I, Jesus Christ! I, I again, I was a very late bloomer when it came to like professional wrestling yeah. and stuff like that. Like actually, like learning the ropes in between and all that stuff, and running those ropes. Oh my God! Yep, that that's one thing that I was talking to both DeAndre and Zeb when I did the interview with them. I think was, that was like, like the worst thing. That was yeah, the worst. To, to me, that was the absolute worst. Is hitting the ropes because I remember going home and like I told I, I my back looked like a barcode. I, I was so bruised. Like it looked like somebody just beat me over the back repeatedly with a with a bat. Just it was so bruised. Like that's what people don't realize. It's like it's not ropes. It's it's like most of the time it's elevator cables. Yeah, it's cables. That's what people don't realize. People think that it's like a bun like a bungee cord or something. No. Like, it, if there's like one thing that gets me, not to steer off the subject, it's like people are always like, oh that that must have like a lot of cushion. That must be like really really soft. 
what (laughs) this isn't like a bed or anything this isn't a bungee this isn't anything like that this isn't a bounce house like you really want to find out how hard these things are like step into the ring take a bump and then let tell me how your back feels the next day because even one bump will mess you up exactly yeah because i remember god like i i I watch a lot of stuff on youtube about wrestling and i love to hear wrestlers do interviews about like when they started too so you know which is where i got the idea for this but anyways so i I like i like watching (laughs) it's a good way to put yourself uh, over bro yeah so the so i like watching that kind of stuff and i just listened to them talking about how they would show up to their first day of like a wwe training camp or a tryout and there would be like ex-nfl athletes and you know, people who played hockey, baseball, yeah, different sports. and they were like, you know, premier athletes taking, hitting, not even bumping, hitting the ropes one time and going, nope, this isn't for me and rolling out. And that's, and it. you know, what's also surprising. It's not even just in sports. Like, um, I remember that there was a particular guy in the military that even joined us for training one time. And he said, like, obviously every fitness, every sport has its own training regimen and everything comparable to their sport. But he was even telling me like, yo, the military is rough, but this, yeah. this is a whole different level. Like, even somebody from the military says that. Like, I, I, people don't understand, like, the, the the art that involves wrestling. People don't understand that it's an art. It's a, it's, it's an art that people consider fake or whatever, whatever stupid verbiage they want to use. And it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's a dance. And, mm-hmm. again maybe it's just me being biased it's it's the best thing it's the best thing out there if you want to become a professional wrestler and you haven't found a school find a school asap get trained by the right person seriously this is one of the best decisions i've ever done in my life and again i I don't know what i would do without it and i've met great people along the way too great people that have taught me a lot still teaching me to this day yeah, and, and another thing is do your research where you go because who train like the person who trains you that name will carry a lot of weight going forward. You know, <laughs> whether you think it does or not, it does. It matters. So do your research before you go get your training because you know not everybody. You know, somebody might be willing to train you in the ring, but it doesn't mean it's yeah. you know get a get you far because some people have you know we we've seen it where you know not even just in wrestling but anywhere you know one person does something wrong and it trickles down to everybody that they're associated with. It's like a domino so, effect. Absolutely. Exactly. And I mean, like you can you start off somewhere. And I mean, if you want to evolve your skills, find another school too. You can learn different styles. I mean, that's what I did. You know, I'm training under, I trained with Frank Reyes back in 2014. I had a little bit of a late start and it's been a very, very long, complicated road since then. But in 2019, I decided to make the jump and join, um, FTW Fight the World's Wrestling Academy under Brian Idol. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is where I started. Yeah, yeah. And um, great matches, by the way. And um, Thank you. Frank Reyes was the one that really taught me, like, the basics and really helped me build, basically gave me, like, the the tools. He gave me the tools, and he said, here's the tools. Now it's your turn to build a house, you know? Yep. And um, Brian Idol just added on to that. You know, I learned a different style from Frankie. I learned a different style from Brian Idol. I went down to the crypt down in Fort Myers to train with Scyther as well one day. And uh, you guys haven't checked that school out. It's 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 great. Scyther is an amazing teacher. Um, I've learned a couple of things even from Pablo Marquez. I mean, I haven't trained over at CCW, which is over in Coral Springs, by the way, guys. Uh-huh. But Pablo Marquez is also one of those guys that. You know, he has a lot of wrestling knowledge. Like, there's there's so many credible trainers out there. You just really have to look out for them. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, training 
in in general is so important whether it's in you know in ring training and taking care of your body outside of the ring you know training in general is so important so you know on on you know since we're on the that track with the training um you know you said you had a bit of a complicated road when it came to training yeah um so you know you said you started in 2014 yeah. you know where where does it start to kind of <clears throat> derail itself um maybe like about a even i think it was maybe like right after i learned how to bump um we were doing we were doing monkey flips nowadays i can do them i i i, I get a little scared doing them in all honesty but um it's a fear that i learned to overcome i just control it better now um we were doing monkey flips the girl was in the corner she was supposed to be a base and um right when i had jumped on top of her um to deliver it my ankle for whatever reason it just didn't latch on properly and like you're supposed like when you whenever you do the monkey flip just make sure you protect the person that's giving or doing the move or any trust them with any, your body. any move any move in wrestling. exactly any move yeah. in general and you know she didn't grab on because she was just as green as I was completely freaking green and um not to say that it was completely her fault I should have watched out too mm-hmm. um I slipped my ankle gave out completely and it literally twisted up against my leg and I ended up um severing the tendons in my ankle so I was Jeez. benched for about a year I was thinking yeah like about a year so that's when things started going down and then gaining weight and then eating like junk and then Literally, they say you are what you eat, and I was literally a huge fat ass just <laughs> eating, like watching wrestling. Oh, guys, this is cool! I'm trying to become a professional wrestler as I'm eating yeah. hot Cheetos and like drinking Coke and everything. Like, yeah, not the right approach. And then I came back a few, um, maybe like around 2015, 2016, in between then. Um, there was a school back at the time, it was DWI. Um, I don't know exactly what happened, but Frank Reyes ended up opening up another school in the Brandon area, and it was called FWA. So I had heard about it because he had given me the reference, and I went over there again, started to train. Everything started getting better. Then I started, you know, um, developing my skills. Unfortunately, back in 2012, kind of like backtracking a little bit because it kind of ties into this, I got diagnosed with major depressive disorder, and... Mm -hmm. It was hard because there was a particular girl uh, in that specific school. She just kept on pouring down on me. Like every single time I would do something instead of, especially since we're women, you know, women, it, this is a male dominating sport. Women, I feel like we're, we're after the same goals. And yes, this is a very competitive sport, but help each other out, you know, help each mm-hmm. other out. And she would just nail everything and just like, berate me degrade me in front of people and of course that got to me very very quickly and I was just starting to have doubts about myself I was like I don't want to do this is this really what wrestling is all about like Mm -hmm. really is this what I'm really getting into like do I really want to do this for the rest of my life and you know it 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 sucked for a little bit and it really got it it really got me into my feels for you Mm -hmm. interweb nerds out there and um you know it it, I, I took a break again from wrestling and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a regular shoot job, nine to five, Monday through Friday, and then just call it quits and just, you know, watch wrestling for the rest of my life. That's fine. I, I'll live by the sidelines, even though that's not exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Fast forward over to May 2017. Um, Frank so had been bugging me and bugging me and bugging me. When are you coming back? When are you coming back? When are you coming back? Came back May 2017, and it was nonstop. 
I didn't stop for anything. I didn't stop for anybody. I made a promise to myself after I stepped foot in those ropes. I said, this day forward, no more excuses, no more bull crap. I don't care what anybody else says. They can call me fat. They can call me overweight. They can call me stupid, late bloomer, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I'm here to learn. And if you don't like it, well, like Controversial Link always says, ooh, that thing. <laughs> Cheap little plug there, guys. Bring, bringing it back to the <laughs> to the faction. <laughs> and uh, it's that's one thing that I think I think all of us have kind of gone through when it came to training is we all kind of had our moment where something happened and we all kind of went, okay, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to get whatever. Because I remember talking to, to Johnny Zeke and him talking about um, how you he... You suck, Johnny Zeke. That's a shoot, yeah. brother. Uh, <laughs> so, no, so, <laughs> no I, I just remember talking to him and, and him... You know, pretty much, he was dealing with a bunch of uh, of you know stuff on social media, stuff that carried over, and him being called a wrestling school dropout, yeah. and you know, and I talked to Zeb, and you know, he was having you know kind of doubts about his size, you know, how he you know, he would be able to fit into wrestling, and then I had my doubts because you know I was constantly injured, out of shape, and like my 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 biggest moment was I, I told the story before when. I locked up with Adam Rose and accidentally headbutted him and got slapped to hell, like <laughs> spun me around. So oh. it was like moments like that where it's kind of just like, I can't do this. I'm done. Like I, I, I swear in my head, uh, I quit wrestling like 10 times, but every <laughs> right single time, but every single time I came back and I kept going. Yeah. And so that's why I think is the most important part is what people don't realize it's like you have to be physically strong but you have to be so mentally strong like headstrong to really kind of it's go a through very cutthroat business exactly very <laughs> i'll put it to you this way within within recent times um i've learned too much too quick in terms of how cutthroat this business is mm -hmm. but i i think i finally found like a, 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 I found my voice and I was able to put my foot down and you know, like I'm, I'm not afraid to speak my mind. I'm not afraid to speak it. And yeah. in this business, you kind of have to be that way. Um, Cause if not people, people are just going to be running over you left and right. And mm -hmm. then you're going to be taken advantage of. And then literally your entire career is going to turn from chicken salads to chicken shit. So yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's really easy. Like one, one misstep and all of a sudden you're, you know, I think follows you. Yeah, uh, it's like things happen. That's the one thing that uh, I think in wrestling it applies mostly. It applies in, in sports in general, but really in wrestling, you see it happen so often where everything is fast. One thing happens now. In the next, you know, in the next twenty four hours, they'll have a replacement. They'll have a storyline set up for this guy. He's in. You're out. That's it. Game over. Yeah. You know, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So I think that that was one thing that, you know, that made me kind of keep going was because it's like they they can replace me. So if they haven't replaced me yet, there's a reason I'm here. And there's yeah. a reason they haven't kicked me out. So I think there was one thing to kind of keep, you know, like I said, keep headstrong because it's, you know, that was only the beginning of kind of the BS that you kind of got to go through. It was just a little introduction to it. Absolutely. All right, Sam. So now I want to go ahead and jump over to the topic of your first match oh god <laughs> oh lord i look back at it now and i want to like 
punch myself in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's something that I feel like now we we kind of look back at and cringe, but then eventually we'll kind of look at it affectionately and be like, "That was my first match," you know. It's it's okay. Listen, man. <laughs> like, listen. Nobody's like. It's a rarity if you have a great match for a debut match. Uh-huh. But literally, my first match was the drizzling shits, man. <laughs> like, that was terrible. I look yeah. back at it because I debuted. Um, I made my official wrestling debut in January 2018 um, up at a promotion called SXPW, which is no longer around. Um, <clears throat> and I wrestled this guy in a mask. Some freak show. And, uh, yeah. Uh, let's just say I'm so glad that it's not on the internet. <laughs> so glad. <laughs> Saving myself the embarrassment because La Brava, yeah, yeah. La Brava would not be La Brava. La drizzling shits. Yeah, because I, I remember I remember you showing me film of that match. And just the whole time I was just looking at it, kind of my eyes just wide open. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Jeez, thanks. <laughs> hey, I, I'm being honest. <laughs> it's all good, brother. It's hey. all good. <laughs> keeping it real we're keeping it real here yeah, yeah yeah i I remember you showing me that and i was just like dang like i i think about like my first actual match too which i again i told the story before against natalia markova at a birthday party and oh i wanted my to gosh, die she's phenomenal if you've never been shot by natalia markova uh, you're missing out just saying anyway continue <laughs> no you're not continue living your life healthy because i feel like my chest is still caved in from that day i'm not i'm not gonna lie the past couple times that i've been shot by her yeah 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 i'm I'm writing that (laughs) boat with you (laughs) so you know with your first match after you finish it um you went backstage was frank there or yeah he was actually okay did he give you any um like feedback on that first match yeah he did it's it's always the little things that you always have to work on but i mean again even 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 to this day, I think he if, if he ever listens to this, I think he can even attest to it. I don't think I was ready to debut. And even it, there's even some instances where I'm asking myself, am I even ready? You know, like mm-hmm. there's, there's always that like little voice in your head that's always telling you like, hey, are you sure you're ready to be out there? Are you ready to like be exposed to the world? Like there's no going back. Like mm-hmm. once you once you get that first debut match, you want more. You want more. But are you really ready for it? And I could say wholeheartedly now that I look back at it, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't understand the psychology, like the psychology of behind a match. I didn't understand that at all. Like, I'm not calling myself an expert, but I can, I, I can fairly, I can, barely, I can understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm no psychology expert whatsoever. Um, You're, but, it, yeah, it's it's something that I had we talked about before on this podcast is evolving yourself it's like you've came it doesn't matter if it's a month difference or a two-year difference you've you know grown and whatever growth you've had in that period is good growth so yeah. it's you know that's you one learn from it. yeah that's what i'm saying it's like that's what you're saying you're not a pro but you're a lot further ahead now than what you were yeah <laughs> yeah because because that's one thing that i think like going back to how you said chris jericho is the master at being um efficient in any area is the uh, just the amount of evolution that he's had like you go and look at when he was you know lionheart in in mexico and in japan and then when Mm -hmm. he came to wcw and he was working uh the cruiserweight style moving over to wwe and all of a sudden started to the main event picture with you know working the people like the rock triple h stone cold steve austin 
you know, really big names and then eventually evolving over into kind of, he was in the main event, went down to being a mid Carter for a while, still can work main event, kind of going up and down yep. flawlessly. And then eventually he's all of a sudden the vet that's ushering in, you know, the younger generation. It's just like, you look at his career and it's, it's insane to see how much, you know, evolution there really is within one person by itself. So much progress. Like there's like, it's not even like developing the character, developing yourself. You literally find yourself in wrestling. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can speak for other people, but I know that I found myself in wrestling. Like, again, it, it goes back into what I said before. If it wasn't for wrestling, I don't know where I would be right now. It, it literally helped me um, become the individual that I am. And it literally made me 10 times tougher than what I used to be. For sure. So, so I want to talk about how, you know, La Brava came to be, the character La Brava. But what I want to ask you first, oh, with your first match, who were you? Um, good question. <laughs> <laughs> I used my shoot name, my shoot first name, um, and then I just tied in Labrava. Labrava actually came from an actor named David Labrava, who was actually the character named Happy in Sons of Anarchy. Okay. And a lot of people always think LaBrava means the brave one. And yeah, I mean, you could put it that way, but LaBrava really means the angry one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could play, you know, I could play with it a little bit, depending on the promotions that I go to and what the promoters want. But um, I didn't really have an identity when I first started because I li- all I wanted to do was just wrestle. I was just happy to be inside that ring and to just like feed off of the crowd and the crowd just like going crazy and everything. It's like, yeah, I, I sucked back then i mean i still suck but i sucked even more back then and um it it just felt great but i didn't have an identity i didn't know who i was Mm -hmm. you asked me that question now who is la brava so before before we say who is la brava Mm -hmm. let's talk about like where kind of the the, it kind of pieced together because it, it didn't happen overnight no you know la brava la brava became a character of long time of you know fine-tuning and you know still and it's still growing but you know still piecing together things so you know like you said you kind of pulled the name from uh happy from sons of anarchy you know what did you so you you pulled the name but what did you base it off of so when you first started rolling with it you know how were you acting you know what did you have a gear to go with it how were you portraying this character oh god this is really embarrassing so i didn't have gear (laughs) and um vets and everybody that's listening into this i'm so sorry please feel free to tag me on the face for that um so I i'm sure i'm sure morrison will there's to you james morrison <laughs> thanks brother <laughs> also bruce worley because bruce worley was also the one to tell me get some gear kid so um um uh, what was the question again? I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, so I just want to know how how were you portraying La Brava when you first started uh, working the character? Were you acting a certain way, working a certain way, were you um, you know dressed a certain way? I didn't have any gear for one, and two, it was really just me, just tuned to like level three thousand mm-hmm. on steroids, on drugs, the whole nine yards, you know, and. It, it, it came natural because it was just me. It was literally just me, but like 20 times uh, portraying who I was, just 20 times more emphasis on it. Yeah. Um, there was a period of time, I mean, I wrestled some matches here and there, 
Um, I didn't feel like I was getting any better, but it's just because I, it just didn't click. Like for me, I, I just wasn't getting it. Um, what I'm about to say right now is where it starts to getting real. Um, so I went through a really bad time period in my life and mm-hmm. I literally put my career on hold for someone else to help them evolutionize their wrestling career. So mm-hmm. I was literally shitting on my own career. Yeah. And I was just watching from the sidelines and I had this, I, I had this like huge animosity, like. I, I literally think that it's still even become a chip on my shoulder, which people would normally say that it's a bad thing, but I think it's a good thing. It I, I'm a lot harder on myself than what I really should be, but I think that's how you get better. Is if you're yeah. hard on yourself, you critique yourself. I always go to promoters, and I even go to the guys in Controversial Inc. Um, Salazar and Mr. C. I always ask them like, "Hey, how did my match go?" And I would rather them tell me. This sucked. This was yeah, absolutely shitty. So, so I can work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have anybody telling me that back in the day because I wasn't actively wrestling the way that I am now. Because again, I put my life on hold. And then fortunately, I was able to come out of that mm-hmm. alive. And, um, you know, from there, I, I, I hit like a huge, huge stump. It was, it was, it was bad. Yeah. Um, I've told you the story before, mm-hmm. but let's just say... I'm thankful to be where I'm at today because yeah. if it wasn't for everything that I went through during that time period, I would not be the individual that I am as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's the best thing you could do is take the positive side of it as well. Like we, we talked about it before, but taking the yes. best out of the situation, it's like it made you, you know, it, it hardened you in a way to to really make you into like you said making to the person you are now like and for those who don't know you it's like who you see in the ring and then who you see you know if you were talking to sam is like a completely different person because it's yeah, yeah. so that that's one thing that i i like to i think is accurate as well they always say when you have a character in the ring if you do if you play the, a character that is completely opposite from you from your actual personality it works best Yes, and yeah, because that's what I found for myself as well. Is like I'm very like, you know how I am. It's like I'm I'm I try to be nice to everybody. Yes. And I'm I like to laugh. I, I don't like to whatever. I don't like to create problems. I'm mm-hmm. very to myself. But then I created a character that is brash, arrogant, undercutting. You know, yes. getting in people's faces Mr. and being CEO. loud and Mr. CEO. Like I, I I'm <laughs> telling you, I came up with that character and it it became an outlet of of arrogance of anger of yeah. of wanting to be a douche pretty much you know it's, it's you're able to output that other side of you and i think that's what's also may, may be like I, I don't know i'm not i don't want to put words in your mouth but for me it was almost like an outlet of stuff that i was dealing with i wholeheartedly to, agree 100 with my character the same way too yeah it's like exactly so that's what i'm saying what i think was a big part of the character evolution was what i you know again not to put words in your mouth but i think that was you know, part of your character evolution was you, you know, letting out everything into that character. And I think that's what made it so much more badass. You know, I, I agree with you 100% because again, I didn't have an identity. I didn't have an identity when I first uh, came up with La Brava. Um, and I tried putting so many thoughts into it and I was like, crap, just nothing is clicking for me. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing seems to stick. After that time period where I went through hell and back, mm-hmm. um, I kind of used that and I turned it, I turned something that happened in reality and I turned it for my character. So in a sense, it helps me kind of cope with what happened. Granted, I'm okay now, 
but it's easy for me to go back to that spot and utilize that for my character. And it's mm -hmm. something that people can connect with. A, a lot of people don't know the backstory to La Brava, but that's the thing. There's mis there's mystery to it. You yep. always want to go ahead and like keep on turning the pages and being like, let's see if La Brava reveals a little bit more about herself. Like, uh -huh. what is it? What is it that made La Brava who she is today? A lot of people don't know the story, but mm -hmm. the thing that I can say is that she used to be a very lost soul, kind of like the way that I was mm -hmm. outside of wrestling. I was very very lost. Something very tragic happened. Well, very. And then you know I I it's crazy. It like it is literally crazy. I met wonderful people along the way and you know they helped me out and same thing as it did in wrestling um in essence that's almost how controversial link actually came to be like mm -hmm. literally so many things happened on accident but look at what it's been evolutionized into today um mm -hmm. so honestly it's like you said it's an outlet for me mm -hmm. it's the best way to like it's 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 therapy at the end of the day for me yeah therapy is an understatement because <laughs> yeah like like you, you know the story you, you and you and salazar both know the story but like what happened you know i was in a very long-term relationship that ended abruptly and it was traumatic for me and i remember like you know how you said you put your life on hold in wrestling i did the same thing i was gonna quit wrestling entirely yeah for this person so it was you know creating an unhealthy situation and then when that ended i started taking wrestling more serious than anything that i ever had yep. and it was it, it opened up more doors and then i felt the you know more creative so i had more fun with my character i had more fun at shows i started taking you know whether it was refereeing or you know just going to a show and and you know helping out or actually working the show it was something that it was like i started picking up more and more and more and it, it was just like you know ending up in you know now in wxw working for off of the wild samoan it's like i never that's, thought I was there that's a great experience man. yeah so and you know now that we're you know since i brought it up um how did you you know you started working you know like you said your first show you start working more and more shows you start working different promotions yeah you know you know, tell me, tell me about that. You know, tell me about your path going to different promotions from then on. Um, so first it was SXPW and they were only booked once a month and it was, was over in Newport Ritchie. And I think like around the middle of the year, actually I have all my matches written down on my, uh, on my phone. I mm -hmm. always write down all my matches. Um, I believe that this ended somewhere around June, I want to say. And I really didn't wrestle much. I'm looking at my thing now and I don't have the dates from 2018 but the last match that i had wrestled um in 2018 was against chelsea durden at mm -hmm. wrestling mm -hmm. uh, which is located over in uh, st pete so to anybody that's listening in on say in the st pete area please go ahead and check out pride of wrestling we're over at the seminal rec center so shout out pride, pride of wrestling, wrestling. Yeah. shout um, out pow yes the pow's um and it was still that was still rough because it wasn't the end of 2018 i seriously think that that was like around june or july and that's mm -hmm. when everything really started to like go south for me yeah, yeah, yeah in terms of my personal life and um it wasn't until around november i believe um i was over at the training facility and that's actually i can't believe i'm about to say this good lord you already know what's coming <laughs> So I ended up meeting um, a gentleman by the name of Salazar, and he was actually coming in at, at uh, during night times, and he was actually helping us train. 
And um, he's actually great, great friend. Um, if you're tuning into this, I hate you. Um, so he he really Me too. helped. Anyways, <laughs> he really helped out. Um, I I owe him a lot of thanks. <laughs> I owe him a lot of thanks because seriously, he he's him and Mr. C. But we'll get into that later. But yeah, he yeah. he came into the facility and he was just helping us greenhorns. Um, I I literally thought at the time when I first met him that he had already like a lot of years in the business. And he's like, no, I've only been here like X amount of time, and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it literally caught me off guard. But it was just the way that he presented himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's crazy, like. Um, he took time out of his own personal life to come and help us out. And um, it wasn't until January, around January. Yep. I started working for a company named OCW. Uh, We rode together. It was me, him, and Morris. And we all carpooled together. And um, I wrestled a girl by the name of Lexi Gomez, which phenomenal worker. If you guys Mm. haven't seen her stuff, please check her out. Um, Very, very talented girl. I really think that she has a future over here in professional wrestling um wrestled her um at that time i was still getting to know salazar i was uh that's when i first met mr c actually mm. i met him mm. that day um then everything really just started to go forward from there i started working at uh tampa bay pro i started working knockout wrestling i started working um uh pro wrestling 2.0 then i started working for ngcw which oh my goodness that like, even just saying the name NGCW just gets, like, it, it, it puts, like, a chill to, like, the little tiny hairs that I have in my arms right now. Yeah. Um, had the opportunity to wrestle at WXW. Um, I'm looking through the list. Um, uh, knockout Wrestling. More Pride of Wrestling. Pride of Wrestling is my home promotion. Um, I've been there since, like, the very first show. Thank you, Pride of Wrestling, by the way. Um, and it, it just keeps on going. It just I'm just still riding the waves over there, like, um, I have a couple of shows coming up. I actually just finished wrestling Catalina Perez over at ACW. Great match, a great, uh, great worker. Again, she's 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 got talent, and thanks for clocking me. Um, so, um, very hard hitting match, and there was a good there was good reception. Um, I'm a very hard critiquer of myself, and I, I, I always look for for errors in my matches so I could just tweak them and make them better and again i had a couple i had a i had a promoter that was backstage that was actually critiquing the match was telling me work on this um this didn't look uh this didn't look as good as you thought it did but hey this looked actually really freaking good so it's like there's always a balance um i would like to think that my matches keep getting better but i'll let everybody else be the judge of that but i mean (laughs) I, i really do try to bust myself at training um working on a proper diet working out and everything just falling into rhythm with that kind of stuff so I mean, this is the journey, man. I'm just just going along with it. Yeah, it wrestling is it, it's a roller coaster of of emotions of <laughs> yeah. you know physical battles. It's emotion, you know, it, it it's a lot. And but I think it's it's an adventure that's well worth it for you know getting to literally live your dream. You know, on whatever level, you know, it doesn't matter yeah. if. You know, you're first starting out or whether you're, you know, working, you know, first couple of years or if you're in WWE or AEW, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's, you know, it's something, especially, you know, like 
like you said, you're gaining experience through all that. You're learning and you're developing not only as an in-ring performer, but as a, as a character as well. And you're also developing as a professional with, you know, working with these different promoters, working with different types of locker rooms and different types of crowds. Yes. Because it's it's been well noted on this podcast, the differences in crowds if you travel 15 miles. Even. Oh my gosh! Yes, absolutely. you know, you know, uh, one of the the biggest absolute difference that we've experienced. That I I talked to Fast Motion mostly about this. I say Fast Motion, but DeAndre and Zeb, uh, you know, uh, we talked to them. I talked to them mostly about that was how different like FTW and Knockout Wrestling is. It's two Completely different like different. universes of crowds. You know, it's it's going. You know, and, and again, it's experience not only working with different people that you don't know, but then all of a sudden have to, you know, working the crowd differently, having to get a reaction out of an indifferent crowd towards you, you know, uh, having to listen to that crowd and try to respond to them because, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, you can attest to it as well. When you first got to knockout wrestling, nobody knew who you were. And it was just like, you walk out to some music and try to get the crowd going. And actually, this is, this is something that people might not know. I actually didn't start off as an in-ring performer at Knockout. I was actually their ring announcer. Yep. Um, so I had I had the opportunity to ring announce for a Knockout for a couple of shows. Um, then I got attacked. You know, I left the company for maybe like about a month and a half. And uh, out came La Brava, who was finally starting to figure out who exactly she was. And Jesus. Uh Knockout fans really hate me. <laughs> and now you're the first ever knockout women's champion. First ever knockout women's champion. May so again, 25th, man. That's a day that I'll never forget. Wrestle Mayhem. Yes. I mean, yep. it was it was hard hitting. Persia, you tried. But, hey, better woman won. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... But, yeah, it was, it was great. It, it's knockouts. Knockouts a great promotion. I, I love the friendly atmosphere over there and just mm-hmm. the people that are there. Everybody wants to help each other out. So that's that's awesome. You don't see that a lot in the locker rooms. And in all honesty, you see clicks. You see people like, oh, my God, did you see this? Did you see that? Did you mm-hmm. see this? Just like a Gossip City Central. And it's just like, High school. I don't I don't care about the gossip. Just I want to wrestle. That's, yeah. that's, that's all I want to do. I could care less about the gossiping. Just like, just, just tell me who I'm going to wrestle. What's, what's going on. Let's have some freaking drinks, man. Let's just celebrate. <laughs> just have some drinks. Let's just get some, some drinks. drinks man. <laughs> so, yeah, that's something that, again, changes from city to city. Promotion Absolutely. to promotion, it changes. Um, so, uh, I think one of the biggest changes for you guys is when you guys all joined up and took a trip over to New York uh, for for WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> care care oh, to into that a little bit? Because um, I, I've heard the like I I'll, I'll call it horror stories at this point, but uh, <laughs> some of the uh, some of the shit that you guys got into up in New York. We don't oh, need to go too far into it, but. Um, let's just say an 18 hour road trip ended up turning into like a 22 plus hour road trip. We didn't expect to spend as much money as we did (laughs) at all. Um, but it was so much fun. Like just going, I mean, for me, for me, um, it, it was great because I had never been out of state. Um, which is very strange for me to say, because I mean, everybody and their mother has already been out of state, Mm -hmm. out of the country. I have never been outside of the state of Florida. So I'm a Floridian, like, through and through. I don't know what snow looks like. I don't know what, like, okay, 
to to make it seem like I live in a ch- in like a cardboard box. I don't, I've never been inside an airport. Okay, so <laughs> it's really bad. We've had this conversation a couple times. <laughs> it's really bad. So we all like stacked up a van together. We were really uncomfortable for the people in the back because we had to stack all these bags and everything. Can you imagine trying to fall asleep, rotating like? drivers and everything i think it was um salazar was driving the morning shift mm-hmm. uh zeke was driving i was driving the afternoon night shift and then zeke was doing the graveyard shift and um uh, salazar's infamous for falling asleep on the road when it comes to, to nighttime stuff yeah like he's a co-pilot p.m. he's not it nah man like around 11 p.m that's his bedtime man don't even don't even bother having <laughs> a conversation with him <laughs> i'll fall asleep <laughs> mid-sentence okay, okay. um True story. I've had emotional conversations with the guy, and he literally falls asleep with me in mid sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> but it was—it's great. Like it was—it um, was a huge group of us. It was like eight, nine of us, and you know, we went to New York. We stopped at this one place. I think it was like North or South Carolina, somewhere around there. And, like, there was this really cool, like, uh, sign, like, I think it was, like, it was something about, like, welcome to Mexico or something like that. Something to that effect with, like, pretty neon colors, whatever. We South stopped. But we, yeah, 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 that one. And, like, we kept on getting, like, all these strange looks. And we're, like, guys, this looks really sketchy. <laughs> so, it, almost felt, like a, it almost felt like the begin, like the beginning transition of a horror movie. So, it's, like, guys, we got to go. Like, yep. it's no time to sightsee or anything. We, we got to go. Everybody um, has their horror story of a road trip. Everyone does. Uh, I, I hope that that's like the like the worst <laughs> one that I'll have. I don't. I, I recently heard of one that just happened about a week or so ago, where literally people were like dialing in to their loved ones because they thought that they were gonna die. So I'm like, I never want to get to that point. If no, this was legit a wrestling road trip, but yeah. Um, but it was it was overall such a great. It was back in April when we did this, and if if we can do this again, that would be awesome. Like New York is such an amazing place. I've never been to New York, so the first time that I went over there, it was it was an experience. Like the hustle. I mean, you've never been anywhere. You said you haven't been out of state, <laughs> so <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> but it, it was Judgment great. Has like been the passed. hustle life, the street life, like. I don't mean streets as in like street streets, but it's just like the environment itself was yeah, so yeah. different from Florida. Concrete jungle. Concrete jungle. Yeah. And um, it, it, it almost reminded me of Miami in the sense of like the hustle lifestyle because Miami, it's all about the hustle. Yeah. And if nobody's ever been there, like you literally have to hustle to survive in Miami, man. It's it not an easy life. People it's not hustle easy. from top to bottom over there. Oh my God. I didn't have Crazy. it easy growing up in Miami. So I'm kind of actually glad that I moved out of that city. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my city through and through, but yeah, not exactly the easiest uh, city right. to live in when you're young. So, yeah. so you know, we, we talked about the, the trip to New York a little bit. Um, so let's go ahead. The last thing I want to ask you about is the forming of the infamous faction known as Controversial Inc. Uh, so um, I, I, I know you said I know you said you met Mr. C at, at yeah. OCW, but so let's let's keep going from there. Um, so I met Mr. C at OC, at OCW, and he was actually already paired up with Salazar. So those, so those two were already controversial link at the time, <laughs> I believe. And, um, I was actually filming one of their promos and then, you know, I was able to like talk to Mr. C a little bit. I, we all went out that night to have, um, 
some food, grabbed a couple of beers and everything. And I started talking to Mr. C a little bit more, getting to know the guy, you know. And then um, my trainer, uh, Brian Idol, he wanted to book me in a match at FTW. I don't want to give out the wrong information, so please do not quote me on this. But <laughs> apparently my opponent for that night did not show up. So mm-hmm. they had to find another replacement. That replacement didn't end up showing up. Oh, boy. Um, so, so, yeah. And it was basically, uh, Idol was giving me the platform to go ahead and just demonstrate my skill. Like, just give me an opportunity to be like, okay, let me see where this girl's at. Sure. Let's see what we can work on. And then, literally, he just looks at Mr. C and Salazar. He's like, uh, can I go ahead and put you? Can I go ahead and put this girl over here with you guys? This was that Bruises and Bruises, right? I believe so. Yeah, like that one like, outside Lakes. place with like the patio, the pretty yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I, I ended up brewing in Land Lakes. Yes. I remember, so, I, I refereed that show. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were at that show. Uh-huh. Um, so he was like, uh, can I go ahead and put like these girls, this girl with you guys? And then they're like, yeah, sure. Okay. And when we went out there, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I can't, I, I, I love my favorite thing in the world is everyone. I love to hear everyone's Brian Idol impression. Oh, mine's is terrible. I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go back. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to have fast motion on. I don't know when this episode is going to come out, but uh, I'll have fast motion on and I, I have to get both of their Brian Idol impersonations because, oh, my God. <laughs> You're welcome. It, it's, it's my absolute favorite thing in the world. Oh, my God. I love okay. it. I love talking to Idol's voice. <laughs> yeah. um, good, good jabroni. <laughs> good jabroni. So, hey, can, um, I just, can I throw this girl, this girl with you guys' group? Is that all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like just like also casually. Can I go ahead and put this girl with you guys? Like, All right, sure. Okay. <laughs> so, um, oh I my had God. no idea what I was doing. I was like, uh, like a deer in headlights. Like, uh, okay, I don't know what the hell am I gonna do, but okay, let's roll with it. And it was actually, it wasn't. It didn't look bad. It actually looked very believable. Um, people were into it. People bought into it. Um. It, it from there, like Idol's a freaking genius. Like mm-hmm. literally, accidents. He like there's stuff that he does that literally just blossoms. Like it literally just like takes a life of its own. Like I never thought in a million years that I would ever be a part of a faction that people are like, holy crap! Like when you think of the word controversy or controversial, you like you think of us. And I would mm-hmm. like to say that. Um, Here's a little thing, by the way, that I wanted to go ahead and add, and this is where it starts to get a little bit real. Um, when I want to go ahead and I joined, I didn't realize that it would get as successful as it is today. And I mean, even the three of us didn't think that it would ever get like that. We, sure. I even have people at my shoe job being like, oh, my gosh, we watch your stuff. We follow your stuff on social media, you know, on yeah. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. They're behind our stuff. There's always going to be those people that are like, if La Brava wasn't part of Controversial Link, she wouldn't be getting the buzz, the opportunities, this and this and this. And you know what? They're right. They're absolutely right. I was nobody before I actually joined this faction. I was nobody. I didn't have an identity. I didn't have the skills that I have today. And in all honesty, I'm proud of these guys. I am so proud of these guys. Uh, You have Mr. C, who's the Intercontinental Champion of House of Lucha. Um, one half of the first ever MGCW tag team champions. Um, then you have. Actually, don't even start. Just... Don't even start. We don't need to hear about him. He'll put <laughs> he'll put himself over when I have him on the when I have him on the podcast. No, I'm kidding. Sal- Salazar, of course. Go ahead. 
Mr. C, um, he also is one half of the Pro Wrestling 2.0 Tag Team Champions, which they actually just won yesterday on mm-hmm. Tuesday. And um, then you got Salazar, who's the Knockouts Heavyweight Champion, one half of the NGCW First Ever Tag Team Champion, Pro Wrestling 2.0 Champion, and basically FTW's Hardcore Champion. Like, that's... NGCW Tag Team Champion, too. I, I mentioned that. You, oh, you yeah. did. I missed yeah. it. I... <laughs> And I mean, then you got the, yeah. For those me. of you, I know you guys can't see me, but I was just counting on my fingers very sarcastically. Yeah, very, <laughs> very sarcastically. Don't worry, Salazar will take a shot at you when you have him on the podcast. It's <laughs> fine. It's nothing I've ever heard um, before. Then you've got me holding the women's title, and I mean, again, people can say whatever they want, and you know what? I will own up to that. Easy, and I will say, you know what? You're absolutely right. I would not be anywhere if it wasn't for me being in controversial length. Mm-hmm. I, I. I I see them, and it gives me the opportunity to go ahead and actually study wrestling a little bit more up close and personal when I'm actually not wrestling. You're if I'm taking, seat. yeah, I mean, if I'm taking quote unquote the managerial role, um, I watch, I study, you know, I study like the psychology of the match. Like, okay, this is this. Okay, this is that. Oh, okay, this is happening. So you know, I digest all of that, and you know. They even pull me back aside, you know, and they're like, hey, this is the reason why we're doing this. Because sometimes I get curious and I'm like, okay, so what's the point of this? You know, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's all about telling a story. Yeah. Um, Mr. Mister C and Salazar, they they welcomed me with open arms and controversial ink. And I mean, it's been a ride ever since. We've gone to New York together because Mr. C actually was one of those that actually joined us at that road trip. Mm-hmm. Um, we are known at NGCW, IWA. Um, which we have a show coming up in I, uh, IWA next month. Um, NGCW, we have this month. We have so many things that are mm-hmm. in the works right now. And again, uh, this isn't this isn't me just to put them over or anything because I'm biased. There, I never thought that it would be as big as it is today. And these two have been nothing but great to me. Absolutely nothing but mm-hmm. greatness from these guys. I have so much respect for them, and I'm very very proud of the accomplishments that they've done thus far. Like. They're they're amazing people. They're very mm-hmm. very amazing people. So yeah, um, controversial ink. I love it. Everywhere we go, we create controversy. Like people, people, yeah. they they. I, I love it that people actually enjoy our stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I really really like it because you they're always invested. have to fear in the back of your head that people are not going to like it. But it's like, all right, I guess we're doing something right then. You know? Yeah, people are actually invested in the brand in each in each of you they're invested in you as a group but they're also invested in you as the bravo and they're invested in in senor set and they're invested in salazar each as individuals and i think that's something that's powerful as a group too and it's like and for those of the people that you were saying like oh if it wasn't for controversial ink you know the bravo wouldn't be anywhere but i think there's a difference between like riding coattails and and joining up as a group to achieve a goal there's a difference yeah, and I think that's what controversial ink has done not only for as the group but for each other. It's like for each of you guys, each blossomed in your own way, you know, into into the world of professional wrestling. Because I know you know Mr. C has is the vet of the group. You know, he's been in a lot longer than you guys. Yes, but it still opened up a different avenue in his career. You know, from my yeah. perspective at least. And no, then it's course. opened up, you know, the avenue for you to not like you said under their tutelage, you're learning a lot more up close. 
So you're getting that experience, but then it also transitions to in the ring. You know, you have more confidence when you're doing this stuff because of what you're doing with them, of the work you guys put in together. And it's so much easier. I think it's better that you guys also are able to bounce the ideas. Um, you know, you know, they always say, oh, two heads are better than one. Well, you know, yeah. now you got three people to work off of. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's something that I think it's it's not riding coattails. It's working as a group to benefit each other. There's a big difference. Oh, I agree. But you always are going to have those people that are like, oh, she's just riding their coattails. Oh, this. Oh, that. Oh, this. Oh, that. The only thing that I have to say is I really could care less what people think at this point. I'm at a spot in my life where, I mean, you can say what you want to say. It, it, to me, it really doesn't matter. I'm having fun. I enjoy being with these guys. Um, if they didn't want me around being the blunt individuals that these two are, they would have kicked me out a long time ago. That's a very long, true. A long, long time ago. And I mean, you could attest to that because you know how they are. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they literally, they, they're literally, we all help each other out in one way or another. And um, you got me, who's the sixth sense. You got Salazar, who's the executioner. And then you've got essentially the leader, the most controversial, Mr. C. And Mm -hmm. it's it's like a it's like a puzzle like all these different people like we're the pieces and we complete like this this picture and we all function so well together like when we first started it was like all right let's try to get on the same page and you know like like any other faction you know like you have your little bumps and everything but holy crap it's like everything is like we fall in unison with each other like yeah now it's just now it's just like all right we're doing this. All right. Now I know I got to do this. Oh, he's doing that. All right. Let's do this. Like now it's just clockwork. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. And even sometimes when trying out new stuff, it's like, oh, that worked. Cool. Yep. You know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's been a ride. Um, I have nothing but great things to say about these guys. And again, it's not just because I'm in the group. They're literally great. They literally took me under their wing when they didn't have to. They mm -hmm. literally did not have to. They could have just told <laughs> Idol. No, we don't want this jabroni here. But they didn't say that. They 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 gave me the opportunity and it's it's skyrocketed ever since. You know, it's it's been a ride. Yeah, like like I said, going back to the saying wrestling is up and down, just a crazy <laughs> roller coaster. And sure you know, that's one thing that you know, controversial Inca sure has seen, you know, their downside, but there's been a lot of more upside to look at, you oh know, gosh, especially a lot. recently. It's you know, whether it's bringing championships, notoriety, whether it's, you know, working with some names that, you know, if I'm not, you guys were just at, you know, Thunder Championship Wrestling. Is yeah, it? yeah. And you guys oh ended up working Michael well, Tarver and. Um, Cahagas. Cahagas. Um, like, like, I will dude. let Salazar actually tell that story because, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great experience, man. Like, holy crap. You, 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 they, I can't wait to go back. I can't wait yeah. to go back. Yeah, so there's only one other thing that I actually want to talk about in this interview, um, which I, I think this would uh, this will be good to to lead into where I, I let you kind of you know talk towards the end. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about your big thing about PMA positive mental attitude because you have it tattooed literally on your arm. Yes, I do. Yeah, so uh, I want to talk about uh, what importance that little phrase or you know what that holds in your life because i know like you said you went through that rough patch um where does that really play into your mentality on a day-to-day -day basis um so i'll kind of start off with where it first originated um i have a friend of mine by the name of sam who lives in virginia um straight edge guy uh all about punk rock um he's a tattooed guy uh he was the one that really was the one that kind of introduced me to um that particular mold of pma because uh 
at that time, that's when I was kind of going through like my major depressive episodes. Mm. But he was the one that always told me, like, look on the bright side. You could be dead. You could be homeless. You don't. You could like not have a job. This, that, this, and that. It could literally be worse. Literally be worse every single time. So he kind of instilled that to me. And that was, this was the second tattoo that I had gotten. So I had gotten the turnbuckle tattoo like around May when I first came back. Then like two months later, I ended up getting the PMA tattoo. And there's some days, you know, life, life happens. Um, it, it gets tough for me to wake up in the morning sometimes, but I, I have to keep moving forward. You know, life could suck a lot more and yeah, you're going to hit those bumps in the road, but it, it gives you something to look forward to. Yeah. Like if, okay, you're having a crappy day at work, at least you have a job. Some people mm-hmm. don't have that fortune of having a job. Oh, you broke up with your girlfriend. You broke up with your boyfriend. Boo hoo. Like there's so many other people out there or mm-hmm. like, Oh my God. There's things there's to look forward to. There's, there's, there's something. There's always like, if life was perfect, imagine how boring it would be. You don't want to live mm-hmm. a boring lifestyle. So PMA for me, you, you have to try to look at all the positives in life. If you just keep on with the negativity, you're literally just drowning yourself and you're never going to rise up out of that. Um, I hate to mm-hmm. use that cliche, but you're never going to rise up and conquer conquer your demons. I always say you can either conquer them or learn how to adapt. And yep. um, I've, I've, I, I, it was a struggle conquering, but I've learned how to adapt and, you know, it's, I embraced it. I embraced it. Instead of, what was it? Uh, Bring Me the Horizon actually said that in uh, one of their songs. I can't drown my demons. They know how to swim. All right. So swim with them. Swim with those demons. You know, mm-hmm. like turning into a positive. There's always a positive in every negative situation. Always. Mm-hmm. So I have to remind myself that every single time. Yeah, I think that's one thing that people, like you said, if it was always perfect, it'd be boring. Like that's one thing that I, it's a, I don't know if it's an old phrase or what, but I heard it. You can't have peaks without your valleys. Exactly. You know, there, there's no high spots without having those low spots. And that's one thing that, you know, I learned as well. It's like, you know, there's no reason to worry if something is legitimately out of your control and you can't change the outcome, yeah. then worrying is not going to help you. So no, don't do it. Like it's, it sounds stupid, but it's, you know, it's true. It's, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, with that being said, I think that's just about, just about everything. I know there's probably plenty more to talk about, but we are way over an hour, but it's okay. <laughs> Uh, so again, like I said, I'm just gonna leave this last segment. If there's anything you want to say to any of the listeners, to you know, if you want to shout out anybody, anything you want to say, this is for you. Um, so right now, I do want to go ahead and say we are because we keep on getting some messages on our uh, social medias. We are working on controversial ink t shirts that we are going to be selling very, very soon. We are also working on a website so we can go ahead and put up our schedules. We could put some highlight videos if you guys want to go ahead and check us out. We are on Facebook, controversial link. Same thing on Instagram. It's Instagram.com slash ink.controversial because controversial link was somehow already taken. I don't know how. <laughs> um, and then we're on Twitter as well. The Twitter.com at, I believe it's ink con because it didn't let me actually type out the whole controversial link <laughs> that's controversial um so we're on social media please check us out we're very active on social media um i'm trying to work on merchandise right now as well we have a lot of shows that are actually coming up very very soon we have knockout wrestling this weekend um i'll be going up against sawyer wreck for mm-hmm. the women's title, Salazar will be going up against 
uh, Johnny Zeke for the knockout heavyweight championship. And, and by the time this comes out, that will have passed. Yes, so that will hopefully, have passed. hopefully you guys are on the upside of that. Hopefully, crossing my fingers. <laughs> and then we got Mr. C going up against, I believe it's Corvus that he's going to be going up against uh-huh. that knock out. Um, so that's something that we're looking forward to. Then we have NGCW the next um, the next Saturday. Um, Controversial Link are going to be defending their t- uh, their NGCW tag team titles up against American Horror Story. And I'm going to be going up against Marina Tucker. We have Fight the World Wrestling, which <sighs> I'm going to make sure that I cushion my chest very well before I receive the chest chops of doom. But I'll be going up against uh, Natalia Markova that day. So rip self because I know <laughs> that I'm going to die. And I will have die no at the chest. Hands I, of will, the Russian. I will literally have a bird chest by the time that I leave that <laughs> ring. So I'm looking forward to that. We have a lot of stuff that is coming up, but um, follow us on social media. Um, we just finished ACW. Salazar went up against Dick Danger. I went up against Catalina Perez. It was a great, uh, great show. Um, sipping on some coffee right now because, good lord, knows I freaking need it right now because I'm at one in the morning. At one in the morning, guys. If you want to make me happy, please buy me coffee. But if you want to make somebody happier, buy Salazar coffee so he's not a grumpy person. So, <laughs> and keep him away too, so he can have a coherent conversation with you. <laughs> I'll make sure I have uh, my interview with him before 8 p.m. so he can get to his bedtime. And I say that right now, and I literally just, like, overshot the coffee and it spilled all over me right now. So there's that crap. So, That's yeah. Um, um, yeah, guys, check us out. Um, it's it's a journey that I literally feel like we're, we got something super good, and I literally feel like this is just the beginning. I mean, I know that we've done so much, but in my honest opinion – I literally feel like we're just starting and it's only going to get bigger from here. So support us, buy our merch, please feed us because we're starving. We need food to feed our bellies and we need food for cigars, some whiskey shots and coffee. So please, please support the cause. All right. Well, you know, the only way is up from here, uh, the way I see it for not only yourself, but controversial ink, you know, you guys have done so much in such a short time. Um, but there's still so much more room to grow, so many more promotions to go dominate, and I know you guys get have a lot of fun doing that. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, so then, you know, that's all for now. Oh, oh, oh hold on, wait, wait, oh, 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 we, oh, we got oh. to do, do this in true controversial, uh, controversial uh, fashion. So I had to put in a little plug over there, my friend. So thank you guys for listening in. Of course. I have an uncanny ability of not keeping my mouth shut. So if you guys didn't like this interview, if you don't like it, it'll be your execution. You deal with that. It's that easy. So guys, um, I, I, I've just felt the need to tell you, you know, if you don't really like the podcast, I, I, I understand, you know, everyone has their own opinion. It's not going to hurt my feelings, but, but based off of what Brava just said, I would probably just a suggestion based off what she said, you should really go and, you know, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast and leave us a five-star review because it would be much appreciated but mostly because she does not, does not, I repeat, does not joke when she says she will hurt you. She will. Because there's scars. No. Um, <laughs> but, 
but you know shout out to Labrava for coming on the podcast you know I had a lot of fun talking to her and you know I'm really happy to see where her and Controversial Inc. are going completely tearing it up everywhere they go and you know finally making a name for themselves outside of the state of Florida which is really even cooler to see because you know their talent deserves to be seen nationally and I'm really proud of each of them uh, we'll have Salazar on eventually for this podcast if I can get a hold of the guy because you know he's pretty busy but again thank you so much to Sam and spreading that positive mental attitude always goes an extra mile and not only just in wrestling but in anybody's life so if you haven't you know had a positive thought today think of three things that are going on good for your life you know even in something small whether you you know had a good breakfast you know maybe you just had a good drive maybe you heard a good song today you got to think of some good things every now and then to keep yourself going through all the negative because at the end of the day you know positivity brings reaps a lot of benefits you know positivity is power at the end of the day and i think you know sam can really speak for that and as well as can i positivity wins overall so if you really feel that sense of negativity positive mental attitude will get you through it like i said start with three things think of three small things that got you through the day today think about those things and the next day do it again do it again and do it again until you have that positive mental attitude that positive outlook on things because things can only get better from here thank you guys so much for listening in if you're a brand new listener thank you guys so much for allowing us the opportunity to entertain you god bless you